Hello, and welcome to the Agape House of Worship weekly podcast. Through this podcast, we hope and pray that you will be equipped and empowered to live the life that God has planned for you. If you are blessed by this message and would like more information, please visit our website at www.agapehousenj.org. Thank you and God bless. All right, I want to welcome every one of you for coming to service today, whether you come early or come late, or, or you came early or late, you are here, and I'm, I appreciate you for taking time to come. I think we should appreciate people who still find time uh, to come and listen to him, to come and worship. So I appreciate you today, I thank you for coming, and I pray uh, that your heart will be open to receive what he has for you today. Uh, the Lord has a word for you. The Lord has something for you, and I want you to please open your heart. Can we bow down our heads and pray? Lord, thank you. Lord, we honor you. What a beautiful God you are. What a wonderful God you are. What a faithful God you are. We thank you for your presence. And Lord, we know you have a word. Lord, please speak to us. Speak to us. Our hearts are open. Speak to us, Lord. Can you just put your hands on your chest and say, Lord, my heart is open. Speak to me. In Jesus' name. Amen. <coughs> We're going to conclude our message series. God seekers today. This is part four. And I really encourage you to go back and listen to them. You never get a message, really, by listening to it once. Uh, you know, faith comes by hearing and hearing. So I want to encourage you. Uh, if you're a CD person, you can get the CD. Uh, if you're an online person, you can actually listen to them free online. So I want to encourage you to please get this message and listen to them. They will bless you. They will... St- Spot our hunger in you uh, that you need to be uh, where God wants you to be. Hallelujah. Amen. Today I'm going to conclude by talking about how to stay hungry. How to stay hungry. All right, we've talked, we've attacked this from very different angles. We've talked about repentance. We've talked about, um, you know, what hunger means, what chasing God means. Uh, We've talked about Uh, Last week, we actually talked about hunger, Uh, but today I want to talk really, how do I stay hungry? Because the greatest challenge of our life as believers is, how do I stay full and hungry at the same time, right? How do I stay full and still remain hungry? And that's... You know, that's the challenge that we all have when it comes to our spiritual life. And in Deuteronomy chapter 8, which we referred to uh, last week, I'm going to go to verse 11. And I want all of us to read it together because I think it's a very, very powerful concern or serious concern the Lord had for the children of Israel. And it's the same concern he has for us today. Can we read it together? Let's go. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God, but failing to observe his commands, 
his laws and his decrees that I'm giving you this day. Otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied, when you build fine houses and settle down, and when your herds and flocks grow large, and your silver and gold increase, and all you have is multiplied, then your heart will become proud, and you will forget the Lord your God, who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. I mean, that is the experience of many people I found out. And I can see, I can actually relate with God. How many of us can relate with God then? I'm saying, God is saying, yeah, you can relate with me. That's how I feel. And that's how he feels. And he said, be careful. You know, be very, very careful. I want you to see what he said in uh, verse 13. And he said, when your, I mean, no, 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 I, I think it's verse 14. Then your heart, uh, it's, a, it's a question of the heart. Then your heart begins to say. I also, I also love what he said in, um, I think, verse 12. When you settle down. You see, we tend to settle down. We tend to have a sense of accomplishment. It could be physically, even spiritually, we tend to have it. We tend to say, you know what, I've, I've, really, I've really pushed, I've tried. I think I'm in a place where I can settle down. You know, guys say like that a lot. They say, when are you going to settle down? You know, you find a while you're married and you settle down. You know, sometimes he, we could apply that in, you know, career, right? You know, you, are, you have energy, you have fire. Many people are fire when they are pursuing their career. They are trying to be... You know, they get there, then they settle down. And he's saying, when you settle down, I don't want you to forget the hunger that brought you, that brought you there. Don't forget the God that brought you there. I don't want you to forget that I gave you all that. I don't want you to forget that you are in Egypt sometimes. You are nothing. You are slaves. You are less than zero. But now... I have blessed you. So it's very important uh, to really note that. Now, David was a man that was, that was able to do this very well. was a man that knew how to maintain this kind of attitude that we're talking about today. First Samuel chapter 13, verse 14, the Bible calls him the man after God's heart. And he was called that throughout his, the Bible, described as a man who found a way to maintain his desire for God, even at a time when he was doing very well. You know, minus momentary times in his life when we knew he failed, uh, but for the most part, he was a man that was able to, you know, maintain his attitude to God. Even as a king, you know, his attitude to praise and worship never changed. All right? Many of us, our attitude to praise and worship when we were a lot younger, when we were poorer, when we didn't have the swag, I mean, we, I mean, we will go crazy in God's presence, right? We can go on our knees, we can roll on the floor, we sing, but now we have settled down, right? Things are fine. We, we are okay. We are good. You know, we don't need to run around like crazy people anymore. I mean, we are... You know, then we come on. I'm the good thing is we justify it. I know God is not that serious. You know, we say, you know, in those days we used to really be on fire for God, but you know, God doesn't need those kind of fire anymore. God just needs me to, you know, we justify that. David was a man that never did that. 
You know, even as a king, when worship is going on, he went wild before God. He went so wild that one of his wives was so embarrassed. I mean, she was so embarrassed and got home and said, why were you driving, dancing that crazy in church? I mean, you a old king. I mean, you are going in front of the church. I mean, to go and be on your knees and rolling on the floor, that's an embarrassment. That's, that's his wife. And the Bible says God, God cursed him. God, God cursed her. She remained barren because she had such an attitude. In fact, David rebuked her sharply and said, no, 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 no. I must maintain this attitude of being full and being hungry at the same time. And that's why David can write, as the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you. That my soul thirsts for God. For the living God, when can I go and meet my God? In Psalm 84, verse 1 and 2, he said, How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts. My, my soul longs, yes, even faint for the court of the Lord. My heart and my body cry for the living God. That is David. He had such a hunger for God, not for what he wants from him, even when he did not need anything from God. You see, many people will have such a hunger, passion for God when they need God, when they are down, when they are counted out, when things are going haywire for them, things aren't working well. They will really pray. They will wake up very early. Many people will go to night vigil, go and pray all night. Now they said, I want to sleep. If you call night vigil, they have tons of excuses. Many of you, you find it hard to pray. We call prayer meeting. We call this daily prayers. Many of you don't join. You know, uh, corporate prayer. Many of you don't join. You know, but you find time to go to parties. You find time to go to all these other places. You find all time because you have settled down. That's the only reason. Things are fine. When things are not fine, people really, really seek God. Uh, so we need to learn from people like David, who found, even in their moment when they did not really need God, from a physical standpoint, uh, point of view, they still maintain such a heart to seek God. Praise the name of Jesus. Apostle Paul was another man who had such a heart for God, knew how to be full and stay hungry at the same time. In Philippians chapter 3 verse 12, we know he said, not that I have already, in fact, I would like all of us to read it. Let's read it together. I want to go. Not that I have already obtained all this, or I have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. I mean, he was describing, if you read that in context, he was talking about his life, you know, about the life of a believer. And he said, you know what? But this was a great man of God. This was somebody that, you know, he's traveled, he's been there, he's worked miracles, he's been used by God to win maybe millions of people at this time to the Lord. He's done all kinds of things you can imagine. He's seen visions, uh, you know, dreams, visions. He's done all these things and he still said, you know what? I am still a seeker. I am seeing someone that is pressing on. You know, I'm someone that continues, I'm still hungry for God. I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, are you hungry for him? Are you really hungry for God? 
My prayer is the Lord will help you to maintain such a hungry, uh, hungry heart in Jesus' name. You know, as I was preparing for this, I mean, there are some thoughts that came to my heart, I mean, randomly, and I thought the Holy Spirit really gave me some of these thoughts. The first is, really, there is a seeker in all of us. You see, all of us, we have a seeking heart. All right? The only problem is sometimes the enemy has a way of presenting alternative to us for what will meet that desire. There's a seeker in all of us. And I, and I was thinking about the story of that woman that Jesus met by the well. You see, Jesus met that woman by the well in John chapter 4. That woman was hungry for something. She was thirsty for something and she didn't know. All right? She's tried to fill that hunger and thirst with things, with men in her case, right? She's tried. There was something she was looking for. I mean, I don't think she just decided I'm, going to just, I'm just going to be changing men. It's possible that these men were not just fulfilling, you know, something in her, you know, that she was looking for. So she was, and that's, the, that's, that's what the enemy does to all of us, many of us. You know, there is a seeker in our heart. Deep down, we are seeking for something. We are seeking for meaning. We are seeking for fulfillment. You know, we are seeking for purpose. We are seeking for peace. We are seeking something that really only Jesus can meet. You know, but you see, the enemy has a way of presenting alternatives. It's the alternative things that maybe would temporarily fulfill that. You know, it's like you're so hungry and, you know, you see some, you know, you see some Coca-Cola. All right? You end up drinking two or three bottles, right? And you are so full, you are bloated. You are bloated but not satisfied. You see? You know, it deceives your body into being full, but really it is nothing satisfying. You know, that's what the enemy is very good at doing, very good at presenting to us alternative things. Sometimes it's things, sometimes they are material things, sometimes they are places, sometimes they are thoughts in our minds, sometimes they are just, you know, things that he presents that we use to, to fill that void, you know, in our hearts. But only Jesus can fill that void. I mean, let's go to John chapter 4 and try to look at what, you know, the exchange, I mean, between Jesus, you know, and, uh, and, and, this, and this woman. And in verse 7, when a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said, will you give me a drink? You know, verse 9, the Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? You know, because the Jews do not associate with Samaritan. Jesus answered, if you knew the gift of God, and who is it that asks you for a drink? You will have asked him, and he will have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and livestock? Then Jesus answered in verse 13, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water that I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And the woman said to him, Sir, 
give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. You see, Jesus has the living water. The fulfillment he has, because ultimately what we are looking for is fulfillment. You see, those things that you go for, they don't bring fulfillment. They don't. Those things, those alternatives that the enemy present to us, they don't bring. fact, they leave us worse off. You know, let's say somebody is trying to fulfill that with just partying, you know, going to club, going to all this. I mean, you go that, you know, you get wasted, you come back. When you come back to your senses, what happens? You don't feel fulfilled. In fact, you are emptier than when you left. You know, many of us maybe will try to fulfill it with buying things. You have more things than you can never use. Many of you just shop. Just fulfill something. I mean, many times when people do that, they are just finding a sense of worth, you know, a sense of pride, a sense of joy. And that's why people will even buy what they cannot afford. Or they will buy what they don't really need. I mean, and they will get themselves into more trouble because they, they buy this, they buy this, because they think when they put this thing on, when they wear it or they use it, they put it here, it fulfills something. But the problem is, it is never fulfilling. The only true and lasting fulfillment is the one that comes from Christ. Praise the name of Jesus. So it's, it's important to know, you know, to know that this is, so this is the woman's situation. And the woman at some point, you know, she didn't get what Jesus was talking about. At, at first she was kind of struggling. She didn't know what water Jesus was talking about. And at some point she said, you know what, I got it. Give me this water. I want you to turn to Jesus and say, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and not go to those things again. What have you been going to to find fulfillment? I want to, I want to ask you. Where have you been going to find fulfillment? What have you been going to? Are you going to drugs? Are you going to things? Are you going to clubs? Are you going to, are you just finding, are you trying to have friends? Are you going to men? Are you going to women? Are you going online? Some of us, you go online, you gamble. Some of us go for all kinds of things because there's a, such an unmet need in our heart. There's, some, there's a cry in our heart for something, for meaning, for purpose, for assurance. And that drives you. So the enemy is very good at presenting this alternative, you know, that will never bring fulfillment. In fact, they will leave us emptier than they met us. Praise the name of Jesus. So there's a seeker in all of us, and the enemy is just very good at presenting alternative. But another thing he brought to me randomly, and he wants me to say this, is seeking God is really a heart issue. You see, it's a heart issue. It's a heart issue. It's not, it's not associated with, it's not a talking issue. All right? It's not a leap issue. It's not even so much of an action issue. All right? It's not because you know how to say certain language. Sometimes we've, you know, we've equate spirituality with sometimes performance. You see, seeking God is not a performance issue. I say, Seeking God is not equal to appearing to be seeking God. 
Seeking God is not even equal to preaching about seeking God. Right? It's not equal to. You know, seeking God is what you do in your heart. It is what you do in your closet. It is found in the context of the desire of your heart. What do you pray for when you pray? What is your heart? What does your heart yearn for? Especially those of us who are younger here, you know, you think seeking God is just knowing how to say some certain language. You see, God speaks every language. You know, God speaks every language. God is not, there's nothing called spiritual language. There's nothing called spiritual language. You know, it's just because you don't know how to say praise the Lord, you know, say all these things. No, that doesn't disqualify you from seeking God. I mean, seeking God is the cry of your heart. What do you do in your closet? In fact, in Matthew 15, 8, Jesus was referring to very religious people. These were Pharisees. He said, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. I mean, some people can really have the appearance that they are seeking, but their heart is really far from God. So it's a heart issue. So my challenge is, what is your heart? It is what do you cry out for? You know, what do you seek, God? God, What do you seek in your closet? Praise the name of Jesus. So I want to challenge you. It is your heart. Today I'm going to wrap up in the little time we have by giving you how to cultivate spiritual hunger, which is really the, uh, the, 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 you know, the, the theme for the message today. How do I cultivate spiritual hunger? You know, because it's important that we cannot create spiritual hunger. We can make ourselves hungry, right? Hunger is not something you can, you know, we, you can force by the force of your will. You see, you cannot will yourself to hunger. Just like in the physical, right? You can make yourself hungry. You know, but you can do some things that will get you hungry. Yeah? You can do things that will affect or tamper with your either metabolism, right, appetite and things like that, that will create hunger in you for food. Uh, so it's very important to know that. So I'm going to give you a few things that will really help you as a person to stay hungry, right, you know, to remain hungry even when you are full so that over time, 10, 20, 30, 50 years, 60 years, if Jesus tarries, you can be a person that remains hungry for God. So that your hunger for God is not dependent on your physical needs, on what is going on in your life. You know, whether you are down now, you can stay hungry for God. Praise the name of Jesus. The first thing is, and I'm going to use a little bit of analogy of physical things, physical food, you know, and uh, some of them I will apply to spiritual food as well because they, they kind of go together. I mean, they can be very good analogy. The first thing is to think about food, right? You know, thinking about food gets you very hungry. How many of us agree with that? All right. You know, there are times when you don't think about food and you don't feel hungry, right? You know? You know, you're just so busy, you're caught up in things, you're not, you haven't had a chance to think about food. You see, you just don't feel hungry. You know, I mean, but you can go for hours, maybe 3 p.m., you just realize, oh my God, I have not eaten today. You know, because you are consumed about things. You are not able to think about food. So thinking about food has a way 
of getting us hungry. And sometimes you are fasting, that's when you think about food, right? <laughs> By 9 a.m., you are already so hungry. You want to break the fast. 9 a.m., you are driving to work, your body is like, oh my, you are shaking already. You know why? You are thinking about food. There's something about your mind that, that is just saying, I'm not able to eat breakfast. Oh my God, what is going to happen? You know, you are thinking about lunch, you know, you're just... And, you know, so that's, that happens a lot. So, so is thinking about spiritual food. And that's what meditation does. You see, when you practice meditation, when you practice thinking about God's word, when you practice thinking about things of God, you see, the enemy has a way of filling our mind with things. So we don't even think about God. We don't think about godly experience. Many of us, we come to church, we enjoy a time of worship, we enjoy a time of the word, but we never think about it, all right? That's why, you know, you come like this, you write notes, you come to church like this, maybe you go listen to the message again. That forces you to think about it because the more you think about it, the hungrier for it you become. Praise the name of Jesus. David said in Psalm 63, verse 5 and 6, I will be fully satisfied as with the riches of food. With singing lips, with mouth, with praise. I will praise you, rather. My mouth will praise you. On my bed, I remember you. I think of you through the watches of the night. Say, I don't just allow my spiritual experience to be localized. Right? I found time. I find time, rather, even at night when I'm sleeping, to think about God's goodness, to think about what he has done for me, to think about his word, to meditate on a verse of the scripture, because the more you think about it, the more you are able to generate a desire for it. <clears throat> Praise the name of Jesus. Number two, stay around food. All right? That's very good way of, that's a very good way of generating hunger, right? Sometimes even when you are not really, really hungry, you get hungry because you are around food, right? You walk into a restaurant, you walk into a place where there's food. There's a reason why we tend to overeat when we are in a party, right? Because there's just food everywhere, all right? And you end up eating more than you want to eat, you know, you plan to eat. Then you, you know, you want to fast the next day if you're someone that is health conscious, right? You say, you know what, I've, I think it's a 5,000. I've, I've put in 5,000 calories today. Enough for two or three days. So staying around food has a way of creating hunger in us. It's the same <clears throat> with spiritual things. Many of us don't go to where there is food. It's good to go to where there is food. We just had a women's conference. Many of you were not, were not there. Or, but it's always good to find, you know, there's going to be retreats. There's going to be all these things. are opportunity to be in a feasting environment. All right? Spiritually. In a feasting environment. Because that has a way of making you hungrier for God. That's what happens when we go to retreat, right? You come back with a greater desire, you know, because you spend some time around food, 48 hours, around spiritual food. 
that is, that's a way of creating hunger or stirring up, up hunger in you. So it's important for you to stay around spiritual food. All right, go to retreat, attend conferences and things like that. You know, obviously when you come to church, you know, that gets you hungrier. But go more to places where there's intensity of it. That's where conferences, retreats, every believer must find ways of doing a few of those in a year, not just one. Because the more you stay around food, the more you develop appetite for food. Number three, eat more food. All right? The more you eat, the more you really want to eat. Because there's something about eating that expands our stomach, right? The reason why people find it hard to cut down the, the calories is because they've been eating large portions for a long time. So the stomach is used to Big Mac, double, and a Diet Coke. You know those people, right? <laughs> I don't know the thought behind that. I'm still trying to figure it out. Double cheese with a Diet Coke. I think the diet code cancels the effect of that. <laughs> right? <laughs> Praise the name of Jesus. So, but the same thing with spiritual food. You see, if you start studying one chapter of the Bible every day, consistently, after doing it for a while, you want to do two chapters. You want to do three chapters. You know, after a while, you are doing so much, you know, your spiritual stomach is so huge that you need a lot more. You are not just a one-verse person. You are not just a milk person. Some of us, the best you can do is a small devotional that is half a page. That's not going to take you very far. I'm sorry, I'm not knocking out your devotional, but that's not going to take you very far. It's just one verse. I mean, I can do those. I mean, I do them as just an addition, get a thought. But that, that is really not food. That's milk. You know, somebody just took a verse, digested it, and gave it to you, and you say, oh, I'm full for the day. It's because you have not been eating well, all right? If you do that in the physical, we're going to get you help, right? If you're an adult that only eats something like this, we're going to say, oh, no, you're going to fall sick very easily. That's why many of you are sick spiritually. You know, you're just eating a little portion, too small for you, you know, to really live. You need a lot more. You must leave milk and go for meat. A believer should say, you know, I want to read the book of Ephesians. Many of you have never done that. Take a whole book and read it. I mean, you read one verse, you don't even understand what they mean. You just heard it from somebody and you quote it. All right? You know, no, 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 no. You need to really take it more than that. Take it to the next level, right? Take a whole scripture. I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to read the whole Bible. I'm going to read the book of Matthew. With this week, I'm going to read everything. Or within three days. The more you eat, the more you have the capacity to eat. Praise the name of Jesus. That's why Psalm 34 verse 8 says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Hallelujah. So it's good to eat more food if you want to stay hungry. Number four, recognize your need for food. I mean, this is important because there are times in our life when we don't feel like eating, all right? But because 
you recognize the need for food, you make yourself to eat, right? That's actually the difference between a child and an adult. You see, when, when children don't want to eat, they just say, I don't want to eat, right? Then you, the mother, you force them to eat because they need food. So the children will merely go by their appetites, all right? If they don't have appetite, they just don't want to eat. But you know they need food, you know, to be able to go through the day, to be able to focus in class, right? To be able to do all those things. But because maybe they are busy, maybe they are playing video games, right? Some of the kids would rather play video games than eat, all right? And they'll be playing video games, eat chips, video games, chips, and you know that this is not good. This boy is going to get sick if I allow him to go like this. Uh, so kids don't know that. But as adults, we know we need food. So that makes us, even when we don't have appetite for food. I remember when I was young, I used to be so sick of malaria. And I would not be able to eat. And I would not be able to eat. Now I need to take medicine. But I need to eat before I take medicine. I mean, so it's always... And I was so susceptible to malaria that, you know, almost every few months I would come down with fever, you know, malaria, and I would just, it would, it would be a nightmare. They would give me medicine, I would just pretend, throw it under the bed and sleep, <laughs> you know. And while I was, I tell my kids all the time, you guys are so fortunate. Your medicine tastes so good. I mean, you just... <laughs> Where were those medicines when I was growing up? <laughs> the medicine they gave me when I was growing up. I, I couldn't allow it to touch my tongue. If it dare touch my tongue, you are going to vomit everything you've eaten in the last three days. I have to find a way of getting it in there without touching my tongue or my mouth at all. So I used to struggle a lot with that. But as I grew older, I knew how to manage that. I mean, because I knew I have to eat. So nobody has to persuade me, uh, you have to eat, you know, so that this, I knew how things. When I was younger, I didn't know. I couldn't even appreciate it when they were telling me. As I grew older, I knew that, you know what, when I'm sick of malaria, I need to take medicine. And for medicine to work, I need some food. So whatever it takes, I push the food down there, right? I eat. And I take my medicine so I can get well. The same thing is applicable to us spiritually. You don't have to study the word because you feel like. You don't have to pray because you feel like. But let me tell you, there are times I don't feel like praying. Many times, not even sometimes. Many times I don't feel like. Many times I don't feel like studying the word of God. Many times that I'm just not in the mood for it. But because I'm matured enough to know that I need this, right? Then I get myself to do it. That is a sign that you are maturing. But many of you are babies. You don't feel like doing it. You just don't do it. You put your Bible somewhere in the corner when you get home. You never go to I just don't feel like. My mood is just bad. I'm just not in the mood. Things are not just working for me. I can't just pray. I don't just want to go to church. I don't want to see anyone. I don't want to go. You know, it is your having problem. You are just being a baby, that's all. You're just a baby. Just wake up. We need to smack you like a baby. <laughs> because you're acting like a baby. When you see people acting that way, just tell them, why are you acting like a baby? 
Get out of that baby mode. Praise the name of Jesus. Because as a adult, you know what is good for you, right? And you get yourself to do it. Many of you don't feel like going to work on Monday, but you go. <laughs> you don't just call them, I don't feel like going to work today. Do it two or three times. <laughs> and we'll find out. All right? That's a sign of maturity. So you recognize your need for spiritual food, right? And you go for it. No matter how busy life is, no matter what is going on in your life, no matter what is the job situation, no matter what is your personal situation, you get yourself to do what you need to do because you know there is a need for that. Praise the name of Jesus. Number five, avoid junk food. You see, junk food don't bring satisfaction, lasting satisfaction. They don't give you the nutrients that you need to go on. If you eat junk food long enough, you're going to get sick. Thankfully, we all know that by now, right? And the reason why we go for junk food, you know why? Because nutritious food are a little harder to prepare, Right? They, they cost a little more, right? Cost a little more. They, you probably need a little time to, to make it. You know, and those are the real satisfying food. You know, it's different between, you know, when you, you know, when you, when you take your own fruit and you blend it, what do we call it now? Smoothie, right? There's something satisfying about smoothie. I mean, it, is, it can never be matched with those juice that you buy that is full of sugar. I mean, those ones taste good. Don't get me wrong. I mean, they're, they're easy to, you just run there, you grab it, you go. You drink it, you're like, oh. It is because you have not really tasted smoothie. <laughs> I mean, the day you taste real smoothie, oh, you're like, wow. Wait. The first day I tasted, I used to just say, oh, yeah, that's, that's just what. The, first, the day I tasted it, I'm like, wow. Ooh, this is, this, this, there's something about this. And you find out that it can actually take you very long. It can sustain you for a longer period. I mean, even your body reacts better. It's not, it feels good. Your body thanks you for, for making the right decision, right? You know, so it's important. So the reason why we go for junk food, sometimes they are easy, readily available. They are the first dude that jumped at us, right? They jump at you, french fries. You, they smell nicer, junk food smell nicer, right? They are readily available, they are every corner. You know, they are there and you just go for them. But if you really understand, if you are mature, you are an adult, you know how to reject junk food. The same thing with spiritually. You don't need to go to every church. You don't need to go to every, you're on every prayer line. A lot of them, what they give you is junk food. They give you some prayer points that they are not scriptural. They give you some, some things that are, just are weird. There's nothing. You know, instead of you going for the word. You see, the time you spend running around all these places, if you really have a disciplined life, and studying the word of God, 
you will have a balanced diet. You won't be in that situation where, you see, the reason why people get taken advantage of, I mean, they go to some places, some prophet is saying crazy stuff, you know, before they know it, you know, they are taking advantage of, you are going home, you are just, you are, you are just mad at yourself. Why did I do that? It's because you have, you have, you have not been feeding right. You see, if you don't, if you stay hungry, if you don't have a regular diet life, that's why you go for junk food. That's why you all of a sudden find yourself hungry in the middle of nowhere, and the only restaurant available is a McDonald's, right? That's the only reason why. If you have a disciplined life or when you eat, you organize your, uh, yourself around that, you're not going to find yourself. No, nobody is going to just tell me crazy stuff, and I'm just going to say, oh, maybe he's right. I don't know. You know, maybe God is using him. Let me just go and do it. And they give you some water to drink. They give you some crazy things. I mean, you just do it because maybe it's right. It's because you have not been feeding yourself. All right? So I want to challenge you, avoid junk food. Or junk food that are not even spiritual food. Things you just use to fulfill spiritual need. There are some things only Jesus can meet. There is a deep desire in our heart that only God can fill. And many of us, we don't even know how blessed we are. You see, you know, in the, in the wake of all this suicide, I had a conversation with my children to say, you know, there are things only God, there are needs only God can meet in our lives. And many, many believers, even envy unbelievers, hopefully we're getting the message that we have things that they don't have. That fame, fortune, those things, nothing wrong with all those. We're going to have fortune in Jesus' name. But fortune will come on top of a spiritual need that has been met. All right? Because we are, we, we are not finding fulfillment. If you're a believer, you are finding joy, fulfillment in things, in money, in shoes, in gadgets. That's what makes you good. If you can't buy a gadget, you are depressed. I mean, and there are a lot of people like that. They see somebody driving a car, they are down, they are depressed, that they can't afford. It is because you, are, you have not been feeding on the real food. Praise the name of Jesus. We're almost out of time. Number six, exercise more. All right? Exercise generates, affects our metabolism, right? When you exercise... Then you use, you make use of the food you have eaten. Many of us, we receive food, we don't exercise. All right? Do something with the word. That's why in this church, we membership equals service. All right? Some of you, you've just been sitting down for three months, six months. No, no, no. That's not how to be a member. That's not how to be a member. How to be a member is by serving. How to be a member is by teaching others. It's by helping others. Don't just come to church to be helped. Don't just say, oh, I come to church to receive. Yes, you come to church to receive and to use what you have received. I say, go out there and make use of it. Go out there and disciple somebody. Go out there and win somebody to Christ. Go out there and invest your time in doing something. Ask God, what do you want me to do? What is my purpose? You know, that is spiritual exercise. Praise the name of Jesus. Pray for others. Don't just pray for yourself. Pray for others. Find time to help others. Find time to support others. That is making use. 
There's a lot of spiritually obese people in church. They just come and eat it and just sit down and just go home, go to their cushy chair, you know, cushy house, and just, uh, and just go back, and they are so bloated <laughs> spiritually. They are not fit. The way to be spiritually fit is spiritual exercise, right? Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. Lastly, ask God for hunger. Ask God for hunger. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Right? You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Can we rise up and ask him for hunger? I want us to rise up and ask him. Lord, can we, can we have news? Can we have somebody play something, please? Let's just ask God for hunger. Let's ask him. Let's ask him. Lord, put a hunger in me, O oh God, in Jesus' name. Father, Lord, just, I want you to place your hands symbolically on your stomach and just begin to ask God. Father, stir up a spiritual hunger in me in the mighty name of Jesus. Awaken my heart. Stir up spiritual hunger in the mighty name of Jesus. Can we all rise up, please? Can we all rise up if you can? I mean, please rise up and just place your hand on your stomach and just begin to pray. If you can pray in the spirit, pray in the spirit. Just ask God. Say, Lord, put a hunger in my heart. Hunger that only you can meet. Give me that spiritual hunger. Father, place a hunger and a thirst for you, not just for things. Father, deliver me from hunger for junk food. Deliver me. Ask God. Say, Lord, deliver me from desire for junk food, things that cannot truly satisfy. Father, deliver me from them in the name of Jesus. Father, deliver me from them. Every alternative that the enemy has tried to put on my way or give to me that can never satisfy Father, I pray you will win me from them in the name of Jesus. You will break their power over me. Ask God if there is something particular in your life that you have been feeding him. Maybe it's yours. It's, you know, you are a shopaholic. You are a workaholic. You know, you have addiction to, you know, to things that just tend to take you away. I want you to ask God to break that power. Say, Lord, break that power. Break that power. Some of you, maybe you have been just engaging in, you know, you are, you are some of us internet. You are on the internet all day. You can't even pray. Some of you are addicted to your phone. You can't even pray. You can't even do anything spiritually. You can't put it off for, for an hour, you know, without feeling that you need it. Can you ask God to break it? Every addiction in my life, every alternative, everything that the enemy has, has made a replacement. Some of us is certain thoughts. There are certain mindset the enemy has put, you know, that just prevent you from truly, truly desiring God. Father, I pray you will break every addiction and attachment to junk food in the mighty name of Jesus. I'm asking, Lord, you will put an insatiable hunger in the heart of everyone here in the mighty name of Jesus. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Lord, place a thirst, place a hunger for righteousness, place a thirst, place a hunger for your presence, place a thirst and hunger for worship, place a thirst and hunger for your house, for your presence in our heart, in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Father.
we give you praise. In Jesus' name we pray. I want all eyes closed. If there's anyone here today you've not fully surrendered your life to Jesus Christ and you want him, you want to say, Pastor, please pray for me. I really need to fully, fully surrender my life. But I need help. I want you, can you please pray for me? Can you lift up your right hand? I'd like to pray for you. If you're like that person, please don't be ashamed, don't be afraid. You are in God's presence. He knows your heart. I'm going to give you 30 seconds. I know he's speaking to you. I just don't want, I want you to, I don't want you to leave this place without that opportunity. Thank you, Jesus. Anyone, please? Hallelujah. Any, anyone there? Anyone there? I'll give you 10 more seconds to really make this decision. It's a very critical decision for Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Father, thank you today. What a wonderful God you are. Thank you for speaking to us. Thank you for bringing your word with power. Thank you for bringing your word with grace, with precision. Thank you because our lives will never remain the same. Because we've been here. Thank you. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen.